Good morning to all. I hope that uh, you're doing fine and you're keeping well and you're safe. We are going to read from the book of Acts this morning, chapter 17, from verse 1 through 6. Now when they, they, Paul and Silas, had traveled through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them, and for three Sabbaths, and he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I am proclaiming to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a great multitude of the God-fearing Greeks and number of the leading women. But the Jews, becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. And coming upon the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. And when they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities, shouting that these men turned the world upside down. And Jason has welcomed them, and they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And they stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things. And when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. May the Lord bless his word. My subject this morning is a call for commitment. This is the reputation those Christians had who went to Thessalonica. For three days, as we read, they shared their faith in Christ with others and were charged with turning the world upside down. Why had this little band of Christians made such a tremendous impact on their world? Because I believe they were genuinely committed Christians. Today, today, Christians around the world are facing a fierce wave of persecution and hatred toward God. Believers in Christ are being tormented, others killed for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Can we stand against this tide? Can we turn the world as uh, the disciples did upside down? I say yes, we can if we respond to the call with determination and total commitment. According to Webster, commitment is to do some act or make some declaration which may bind the person in honor, 
good faith, or consistency. Again, it says to pursue a certain course of conduct or to adhere to the tenor of that declaration. And brief, it is giving yourself to God. As we see it in the church uh, at Corinth, in 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 8, verses 5, it says, Paul writes, This they first gave, they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. The Lord succeeded in his mission because he was totally committed to the task before him. He was willing to give up everything, even his life, which he gave his life up for the cause he came for. In view of what's happening around us, it is our challenge to stand up and follow those who paved the way for us and give ourselves to the Lord. Briefly today, with the help of our Lord, I'm going to bring to your attention three important things that we need to do. First, Christian commitment calls for desertion. Desertion. Just look at the scene around us and the state of our nation and our society. You see ungodliness and worldliness all over. Commitment requires the desertion of worldliness. This is what I mean by desertion, to leave the world behind you. Paul, in writing to Titus, his true child in the faith, he says in Titus 2, 11 and 12, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. And I believe that we should follow that. And most of us, I hope, are following. And Titus goes on to say something. We need to be this way because we are looking, in verse 14 he says, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Question, are you looking for that moment? All signs, all signs are there that that moment might happen and might happen soon. Again, worldliness is loving this world. And this world crucified our Lord Jesus Christ. John warns us, he warns us in 1 John 2.15, do not love this world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Worldliness is ungodliness, my dear friends. Again, worldliness makes God's word ineffective. Worldliness hinders our own spiritual growth. We cannot please the world and please God. When we do that, 
we become simply Christian, Christians in name, instead of being true disciples of the Lord, supportive and committed to the furtherance of the gospel. Like these two disciples, we become anemic, and our spiritual health suffers as a result. Then the word of God becomes ineffective, and what? And sin enters in, and our prayers go unanswered. Furthermore, worldliness is enmity to God and allows ungodly things to creep in our lives that God does not approve and shuts down our relationship with him. Be a deserter. Say goodbye to the world. And start living for Christ. Paul warned his son Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16, avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. So may the Lord help us to leave this world behind and cling to our Savior Jesus Christ and live a life worthy of our calling. My second point is that our Christian commitment calls for a revolution in our lives. Spiritual revolution requires people whose lives are thoroughly committed to the Lord Jesus. It may ask, what is your personal strategy in obeying the command of Jesus Christ? Think about that. What do you plan to do with your life in relationship to his will? These are some questions, very important questions, and they are key. What is the priority in your life? What claims your attention? What motivates you? What thrills your life with excitement? And what kind of commitment do you have to the Lord Jesus Christ to make a change and impact others? few things I thought of, we have to make sure we are truly committed to the Lord in our hearts and to choose the kind of life Christ lived. Another point, we must be willing to obey him and submit to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Submission to the work of the Holy Spirit. And another point, we need to be willing to take up the cross of submission to his will for our lives. In other words, Christ should be Lord of our lives. That's what it means. It means entrusting our life, entrusting our families, our job, possessions, to his control and to his guidance. That's the revolution God is looking for. It means to commit ourselves to the Lord and to trust him, believing that he can care for us better than we can ourselves, and wait for him to work out what is best for us. 
That is why I call what I call revolution. A change, big change. It is what Paul wrote to the Philippians. He said, and you know it, in Philippians 1.20, you know it by heart. For me to live is Christ. I'm sad to say that today Christianity is watered down. And commitment, the way the Bible defines it, is totally absent. You know what took place? Churchianity, if I may say this word, churchianity has replaced it in many churches. There's a true story about a converted Chinese gentleman when visiting America was unfavorably impressed with the little difference he saw between the style of living of, of many professing Christians and the men and women of the world. He found that there's not much difference. And on one occasion referring to the matter, he said, with a big gesture in his hand, he said, when the Christians of my country come out from the world, they come clear out. They come clear out. Friends, if you call Jesus Christ Lord, he should be Lord of your body, Lord of your thoughts, your tongue, your temper. Amen. Your spare time, your life plans, your church life, and everything you have. This is the revolution needed today. This is not a bondage. This is not something that uh, we put before us. It should come. It should come freely in our lives. Okay, and this is why I say a revolution should happen in each and everybody's life. Then we will experience the abundant life and the joy that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, and then we can turn the world upside down. My third point is Christian commitment calls for total devotion. Commitment is a foundation for true Christian living. The Lord is going to stand behind his promises and he will never fail us. He will never disappoint us. He is committed to what he has said and done. And we know it. For the Christian, there can be nothing less. Commitment is an absolute necessity. It's a way of life. It's being, being us sold out to the one who paid the price for our sins on the cross of Calvary. And we shouldn't, and hopefully no one, no one will turn back. No one ever turning back. Someone wrote this that impressed me very much. When you are so devoted to doing what is right, that you press straight on and disregard what men are saying about you, there is the triumph 
of moral courage. I'm not saying we're not committed. Please, don't misunderstand me. But God wants us all. God wants you all, from top to bottom, all devoted to him. And this is, this will bring fruits and much fruits to the kingdom of God. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. We find it in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. This is what I mean by total devotion. This is what Jesus said, to give him everything we have, to put everything in his hands and follow him. And this means also that we should be sincere, stable, and unchanging. We must have a reliable devotion that refuses to be negatively influenced by others. You know, the man of God, Henry Varley said, the world has yet to see what God can do with, for, and through a man who is fully and wholly devoted to him. I'm sure that we've been absent from the church, we've been absent from the ministry, but if you decide that, you are, yes, I want, I want to be totally devoted, I want to serve him, we need men and women like this. He devoted to him, and I, I assure you, I assure you that he can do a lot in our lives so we can come very soon, I hope, to church and start winning soul for the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, Dwight L. Moody heard about it and he said, with God's help, I will be one of those men. And I hope we all, we all join him. And by God's grace, nobody was like Moody. He did become such a man. And you know his story. Paul knew what it takes. And he said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Oh, for dedicated lives, God is asking us in a word that is now an ungodly word, a word that has no place for Jesus Christ. We need to be like these disciples of old. Go to the world and hope soon. Hope soon we will open and go to the world and turn this world upside down. There's a story about Lieutenant Clebby McLeary. He recounts his courageous story of rebuilding his devastated life. Please listen. During his tour of duty in Vietnam, he suffered the loss of one eye and one arm, and underwent 33 operations to retain usage of the remainder of his body. Clebby McLeary is in the service of the Lord's Army today, traveling the world over, winning souls and attesting to personal faith in Jesus Christ. His devotion to the cause of Christ and his life shows that 
he genuinely embodies a personal vow which he took upon entering the Marines. And the vow, those who were in the Marines or are today, any mission assigned will be accomplished in a superior manner, no matter what the obstacles. Until I tell you, dear friends, this is total devotions. Whatever I do for Christ, I do it in a superior manner, no matter what the obstacles. When Handel's composed the Messiah, for 23 days, he completely withdrew from the things of this world. So immersed was he in his music that the food brought to him was often left untouched. Describing his feeling when the hallelujah chorus burst on his mind, you know, he was asked, how do you feel? He said, I did not think, I could not think, because I only could see all heaven before me and the great God himself. Oh, for a devotion like this. Oh, the Lord wants us, you and me, each and every one, men and women, okay, to be totally devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. A world that is perishing, a world that is lost, a world that is shifting complete, completely toward evil and wickedness, leaving God behind. It's needed. We need to be devoted, committed, bunch of deserters of this world and servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. This commitment I'm talking about requires hard work and sacrifice regardless of the price. Paul served his Savior with many tears and trials. And when he called the elders at Ephesus to a farewell meeting with them before his departure to Rome, not knowing the things that will happen to him there. Nevertheless, he told them these words. I leave them with you. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. This is devotion. This is what's needed in these last days. These are very difficult days and may we go and live for Christ. The church today needs an army of people who are committed, devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. And sacrifice becomes a way of life. Such an army would truly turn many hearts to the Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, my prayer tonight this morning, if we need to turn this world 
upside down. Let us hear what the Lord wants us to do. And the word says in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Commitment. Revolution, devotion, and desertion, desertion to this world is needed if we want to win Christ and turn this world upside down. This is our challenge today, my dear friends. Are we willing to accept it? May the Lord bless his word and bless you all. And it is my desire to see you here in the church very soon. I don't know when. I miss you all. But I pray that the Lord may, not just all, to have a serious commitment to him and can't wait to get out and win souls for him. May God bless you all. Let's bow our heads for prayers. We thank you, Father, for allowing us still to preach the word. And we thank you that we have the liberty still to stand behind the pulpit and proclaim Jesus Christ is the Savior and he is the Lord of all. I ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts today. Help us, Lord, to live true Christians for you. Help us to serve you with all our hearts. Help us to be devoted. Help us, Lord, to follow you, carrying our cross and leaving this world behind. It's an ungodly world. It's an enemy of the cross. And we pray that you give us the love and give us the zeal to continue the message that these disciples started a long time ago and reached us and live for you, whatever may the cost be. Bless each and every one, each and every family. Protect us, Lord, from this plague and help us to honor you in everything we do. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. The meeting is over. May God bless you and be with you.